And good evening, everyone. Of course, it's another edition of the special show that I put in the description, so you know what the show is already. So we're going to skip all the casualties. Casualties? Yeah, all the formality, because pretty much the same thing. And let me introduce you to our wonderful co-host. Welcome back, Miss Ashley Majestic. How are you? Shut nerds. Uh, I'm okay. I am a little dark and gloomy at the moment, but other than that, I'm doing pretty much okay. That's sweet, of course. And your Thanksgiving, you know, I mean, you and the family, how was that? <laughs> uh, it, I didn't have a Thanksgiving because I don't have any family to celebrate Thanksgiving with. It was just my husband and I, and we just, you know, just hung out at the house all day. We just, like, he bought me a mixer for my birthday. It's what I wanted, and we just made random things throughout the day but i don't have any family in the family i have uh that lives in georgia no one invited me to come for the holiday so yeah uh, another dark and gloomy point for me how was your thanksgiving it, it was all right i mean the family came over and had dinner and we ate until you know i got fatter and uh I relaxed and it was pretty good. I mean, you're always welcome over to Casa Walker, you know, for family food. It's no problem. The family will love you. Uh, it just feels awkward when, and I appreciate the offer, but it's always awkward when someone else invites me because they know I don't have any family to celebrate a holiday with. But to, and I know that's not the intention, but to me, it feels like a pity invite. And if anything, it actually makes me feel even worse when I go to someone's house and they have their friends and family. And I'm like the oddball out. And I just feel more depressed because I see the environment, everyone's in there, like, all happy and, you know, because love, family, all those vibes. And that's something that's absent from my life and pretty much been absent most of my life. So, I mean, I have, I mean, I have a brother, my oldest brother I'm close with. I have his kids and I have my mom, but that's kind of it. So, and again, I'm, you know, I'm never invited for the holidays up there, so... But so it's just actually worse for me to go to someone else's house during the holidays. Yeah, I'd rather be at home alone and I can just distract myself rather than be someplace and I see someone that has everything that I don't have and it just makes me more sad. So, thank you. Appreciate that. I just thought it was because I was black. Are you saying that because I'm white? You're, you're, you're white? Oh, I, I never knew that. Huh. Bizarre. I have, I have brown in me sometimes. We're not going to touch that. We are not going to touch that. We'll just leave that alone. That's for your husband only. We'll, won't even but touch that. But one of the listeners need an explanation. Well, I mean, I figure most of our listeners are intelligent enough, you know, to have that sarcasm and they understand, you know, what we talk about and how we talk about it. So this show, of course, is different from the experience because, you know, we're just taking a piss and talking about whatever we wish to. But I think some of the listeners may not know what I was talking about, and so they might need a very thorough and detailed explanation of what I meant. I would gather by the term your husband mentioned in the beginning of the conversation, it would definitely, you know, get down to brass tacks of 
what that meant. Um, but by all means, I mean, for entertainment purposes, I'm not even going to go there. So that is sure. all Lots you. Sex. All the sex. Okay. <laughs> Just in case, you know, people didn't really catch that euphemism. So it's good. Listen, I'm here to provide education for listeners because we all know that they need it sometimes. I, Lord knows I need it. Yeah, because, you know, when you think sex ed, you definitely think Ashley. So, absolutely. Listen, man, I'm a, well, if I say I'm a pro at that, does that make me sound like a hoe? Pro and hoe. Okay, you know what? Let's go with it. Only if you brag about it online and display it, that may make you a hoe. I mean, if not, hoe-ish tendencies. I, no, yeah, I probably would definitely do that, if not for the fact that my husband would probably, you know, flip this shit. But yeah, I'm not a subscriber. I'll just uh, take your word for it, and I will, you know, graciously donate. You know, per the Experience Podcast, I'll you know make donations. So I won't even visit the content. I would love to make an OnlyFans, but alas, that that's just an argument that I'm just not prepared to have with my husband. So I'm going to avoid having OnlyFans. But you know, how is life? Respect the whole life. Yeah, I, I really don't want to do an OnlyFans. I mean, I've seen what it can do to people. And uh, no, not really my bag. I respect you more if you didn't. <laughs> Color me cynical. That's just the way I am. I work for a financial institution. And for obvious reasons, I'm not going to name it. But there's so there, not so many times. There's a, the occasional time I'm looking through someone's transactions when I'm working with them. And I will see OnlyFans in their transactions. And I'm not going to say anything to them, but all I want to say is, who are you subscribed to? Can I see? What what are you into? You know, just just to make conversation. But of course, I can't say that because it's frowned upon by people that pay me. But I just get so curious, like, ooh, what's he into? Like, you just sit there and they look like, you know, just a regular person, you know, nine to five jobs, whatever. And usually, like, I wonder what freaky stuff they're into. Well, I mean, working at working at a blockbuster video store in my twenties, yeah, you definitely get a good gauge on, on what people like, and you know, because of what movies they rent and everything behind a black curtain is very is definitely entertaining. But you know, since you're on the topic of this, permission to rant for about a good twenty seconds, and I'll get your feedback on it. Uh, permission denied. But you, you know what? Never mind. I, I, I'll allow it this time. Oh, thank you. I was kind of worried there for a second. I have a hard time understanding the whole OnlyFans trend. I have a really hard time understanding that. Because to play devil's advocate, I can see if you're hard up for money. And, of course, guys are stupid and they'll pay for anything, so there you go. But on the other hand, I don't understand how you can pay for something that you can get online for free. I never understood that because the invention of the internet was mainly for dumb guys to look at stuff like that. But even dumber guys would subscribe and pay money for it. That is so weird. So I, I, that's the end of my little blurb rant there for a second. Your thoughts? Um, so I will respectfully, you know, argue with this. So, yeah, you can pull up any website like Pornhub, RedTube, all these other, you know, whatever porn sites and, or Twitter or whatever website you go to to look at naked photos or whatever, you know, floats your boat. Well, with OnlyFans, you know, there's, you know, because people stock women or men, whichever they're into, uh, online and you know, they'll be a fan, and then that person that they're specifically attracted to, and they say, hey, I have my own OnlyFans, I do custom videos, photos, if you subscribe, if you pay money, I'll do what you want me to do, and that person's going to pay money because that person in specific, you know, uh, 
caters to what they like where as in sometimes they have to search and search videos or whatever to find someone that can come close to what they what they like so that's why people on instagram and all these other places they follow who they are interested in what they like what they don't or well they don't follow what they don't like but if you if you get what i'm saying and so obviously i don't have an only cans in another life i would definitely and if i was a lot thinner and oh like not looking how i am now if i was like you know when i was younger i definitely would be all over that because again men are dumb or lesbians whoever knows into it and it's just easy i mean you can get money and then at the same time i'm catering to what somebody else likes i'm in the comfort of my home you know i don't have to be on the streets i don't have to be in unsafe situations and i'm making money for um such like for sexual profit and so and with the what do you call it, the adult entertainment industry where it can be porn, sexual favors, sex, prostitution, however people do it, it's more and more nowadays. And I'm one of those people that I'm not a prude. It's just sex is sex, ho is life, you know, do what's going to make you happy. Don't be ashamed of what you like sexually and, you know, so on, so on. And again, if I was in their life, so before I met my husband, I mean, I had partners and it, it meant nothing to me because I didn't. I didn't, I wasn't a lovely one, I didn't want love, I was, you know, the typical damage girl, and, you know, if OnlyFans was around then, I definitely would have done it, I, so, I would, for sure, shit, would have done it, and there's people that are married nowadays, that do it, married couples do it, or the husband's okay with it, or the wife's okay with it, whoever, but my husband, for sure, <laughs> would not be okay with it, so, um, but yeah, so that's my counter to what you're saying. Any thoughts on that? Absolutely, because I've always lived by the motto of do what makes you happy. You know, I mean, do what you want to with your sheep, leave me and my sheep alone. So I have zero issue with it, you know, because I mean, who am I? I'm not the moral police, so I really can't tell you how to live your life. But I just have, I, I just didn't understand it. I really couldn't connect the dots because if it was something that was taboo, you know, to where, oh my God, I've never seen this before. So yes, I'll pay my money, you know, just to see because I've never seen it before. But in all reality, and I guess it's a generational thing. So I guess at my age, you're like, okay, well, I know what I like. And I know it can be readily available anywhere to where I don't have to pay money for it. So why, so why I see is it a waste? Why waste the money? You know, yes, you see a certain person. You're like, okay, I like them, so I'm going to follow them. But you think of that particular body type and you're like, I can, I can search for that anywhere and I can find that particular thing maybe even better, for free. So that's where my detachment comes in from it. Not not harping on it, not shaming them or anything of the sort. It has nothing to do with the person. Absolutely. It has nothing to do with the person. It's the actual concept of it. You know, that kind of boggles my mind, so I don't subscribe to it. But that's just me. So, and, and everyone's different in that way. And, I mean, I don't subscribe to OnlyFans. I, I mean, I have enough bills to pay, and I, luckily I am... I get my own thing on the side, like my husband and whatnot, so I don't really need to do that stuff. But, so so there's people, I mean, not everyone does OnlyFans. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, uh, like with certain social media, that everyone goes to a certain social media and has an account. It just depends on what they fancy. So for you, whatever you're interested in, you know where to go, and you, and you know you can kick your socks off however you want to do it. But 
again, to the point there's going to be some people that they see a certain model on Instagram and they have got an attraction to this one specific. And then this one's like, hey, you know, you pay me money and I'll make a video for you, whatever you want me to do, with, with certain limitations that they ever, if they want to, you know, set them. And so they make a profit off of that. And the person that fantasizes about this model or person, whoever, you know, if they pay a few bucks for it and it's something that they're going to like because it's something they can keep to themselves and whatever. And again, to your point, they can easily look for this stuff on certain websites, but sometimes you have to keep searching and searching for exactly what you want because sometimes you'll search for it. Plenty of things, options pop up, but there's going to be some that just doesn't fit what you want. So sometimes with stuff like OnlyFans, there can be people that you pay to fit exactly what you want them to do. And of course, like I said, I mean, I do not disagree with you on that one, you know, but like I said, it's just my particular thing. I mean, I do know some people that have their own OnlyFans and and, and such, so. Oh, oh, wait, wait, okay, okay, wait, there's something, oh man, okay, it's on YouTube. So I went down a rabbit hole with one of my friends. Um, It started with, strangely enough, Facebook a couple years ago. And it's, you know, those little random videos that pop up from pages that, like, do stories on something from another country for people, et cetera, et cetera. This, I don't know what the page was. I don't know who does it. This woman did an interview for these guys that run a business specializing in making toys. Um, these toys are in different shapes of what would belong to aliens and monsters, and how they have like these gelatin eggs that can melt inside of you for people that are into this stuff, into this feeling. And it's so weird watching it. I mean, again, what are Flutcher Boba for me? I thought it was funny. And I just like, I love watching it. And you can even go on YouTube, you know, come, like uh, interview guys make alien monster dildos with eggs, like whatever you want to do. And it's on YouTube, so it's not going to be super graphic because it should pop up on Facebook and stuff. So. But then you go to another link, it's by the same people that made this video. Basically what they do is they kind of go around and they interview people that are in that industry, in the adult entertainment industry, that do toys, that do videos, that do this, you know, all across the board. And so the next video was the person interviewing a company that specifically makes videos for clients, kind of like OnlyFans, I guess, but it's just a company or they will full on, you know, set the whole stage of how you want it, you know, to every specific detail. And the person will pay like a whole bunch of money if people have that kind of money. And there is one where in part of the interview, it's a bunch of women that it's a birthday party, uh, kind of like a cutesy kid birthday party. Um, and they have to, they sit on cakes and then they sit on balloons and they're not doing anything sexual. That's all they're doing is they're sitting on cakes and then sitting on balloons to pop. That's it. And of course they're wearing skimpy outfits, but there's nothing else happening. But someone specifically paid them to do that because that's what they want. And then there's another video and it's so funny and I'm really hoping I'm not offending anyone or making anyone so weird out, but it's so funny to watch it. There's another one where it's, it's like a really bad porn. Again, nothing sexual is actually happening in it, but it's like a bunch of people, it's a bad acting, and they're looking for, again, this person's finished, they're looking for a serial killer that's called a shoot killer. 
interesting case study on, on the human mind about what people like because if you if you think about it many many generations ago what you liked behind closed doors nobody knew and if you presented something like that to somebody you know you'd be labeled as you know weird or a freak or whatnot and people sitting on balloons or you know inflatable animals or something like that you know nowadays it's more set it's more accepted and there's groups for that and there's you know like, you know, like certain websites for that and stuff like that, you know, so, and you're right, you know, to each his own. It's just very interesting, you know, how the human mind works and now how accepted this is nowadays. It's, it's really weird. And to go back to the OnlyFans thing, you know, I know particular someone, you know, who used to do it and, you know, it just was, it was a simple thing. You know, I just was always confused, <laughs> I guess because of my age and because of what generation I came from. But once again, you know, to each his own, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I just never connected the dots. And, and this is a very interesting conversation to have because there are so many fetishes that people have out there that you can literally look up online and find it. And it's socially acceptable now. Well, see, you're saying the generational thing and the age thing. Okay, I'm playing the parts, but there's people that are in your age group. Um, right, and like they, so they can, you know, they can vibe with what's going on now, or they can sign into. Or from people think for my age, I'm in my late twenties, but thinking I know everything about technology. I'm into all these things other than you. So I want us to say it's an age and generational thing. Again, that can play a part, but still, the end of the day, it's what you're interested in. So I mean, everyone can have different interests and in what they're into, whether it's sexual or just regular hobbies or just anything like you know there's certain shows you might like watching there's shows i don't want to watch so it, it just all plays into at the end of the day what is specific for you oh, absolutely you know as long as you're not hurting anybody or you're causing any physical harm then by all means you know do whatever you need to do so it, it's interesting how we go from that topic you know into balloons and stuff like that it's you know it's you know it's so interesting how the human mind works i just love it but of course, I have a certain loathing of people. It's mm-hmm. strange dichotomy, but I digress. Um, now, when you're saying, you know, how strange the human mind is. Now, when you right before we started this podcast and recording it, did you anticipate this is what we are going to be talking about? Ab- this is supposed to be today's theme. <laughs> Absolutely not. But the Slacking Majestically show, we talk about anything and everything, and I mean, and our show is never needed to be rated anything because we just ramble it's what we do 
people will enjoy it. And no matter what we say, it's our own show. And it always provokes thought, no matter how silly, no matter how serious it is. I wonder if I can make an OnlyFans like just food porn. Like how Instagram photos of people just taking pictures of food, and they call it food porn. But if I make an OnlyFans, it's just taking pictures of food I've cooked, and people pay me for it. That is a good idea. You know, there's an old saying, if you think about this idea, it's already happened. So I would not doubt it already happened, but you can actually capitalize on it because people, as we know, people will pay for anything. I'm not motivated enough to stick to it. Uh, Again, with my mental health as of late, I I can't, I don't really stick to anything. And that's just how I am. And especially now, I have zero motivation to do anything besides going to the gym and and work. And that's kind of it. So, it. Yeah, I say I want to do it only fans for food, porn, but I won't do it. I won't, it's a good idea, but I won't do it. Maybe. Who knows? You have to go through the process of cooking the food, you know, arranging the food and presenting the food and taking pictures. Me, personally, I just eat the food, but that's just me. Um, and you talk about, you know, your, your motivation, but to bring it around in the full circle, you're doing this show. So you're showing little glimpses of motivation and you're taking small steps. You know, to you know, to, to, to find your motivation again. I mean, yes, and yeah, yeah, you're right on that note. Um, I guess because I need to find something, because I guess mentally on the inside I've been going a little stir crazy and a little insane. And as of late, if you hear any strange noise in the background, ignore it. Uh, I was just doing something, but I guess especially in like the last couple weeks. He has been very, very off, like very more sad, more depressed, and there's nothing to specifically point my finger on it. I guess, well, there's been some realizations I've had of things that happened to me, and it's just like it's bothered me, and I don't have like anyone, and I get anyone like you or any other good friends of mine can say, oh, you can talk to me. Well, when it's something that's like really hits you hard, and it's something that's very deep, and like stuck in you it's kind of hard to talk about and it's just like you don't know who to talk to but you want to talk about it at the same time so these are things that i realized that happened to me i mean i already knew it happened but i never really thought of how deep like deep it was and it's really hitting me now so again this time of year always bums me out because i don't have my dad anymore and then just all these things so i've been like in this funk and i shouldn't be because you know i live in a, a nice new house i have two dogs i have a good husband you know i have i have a good handful of really great friends i have a new job that i love and i have all these things but i just don't feel happy you know i don't feel like there's this big empty hole in me and i don't like i feel like i'm just stuck in a rut to where i'm actually drinking more you know now not like i mean i could be sober during the day for work and whatnot but at night i mean even right now i'm drinking crown and lemonade which is very good but i'm drinking more I'm zoning out more, I'm kind of like backing away from people more and like my toxic habits are starting to come back out so I've been like it's just in this rut so I don't know it's kind of like you're walking on a, on a on a dirt road and it's in a rain so everything's all muddy so you're trying to go forward and it just gets harder and harder so that's where my mental health has been but I'm still happy chipper I'm not suicidal, let me put that out there for anyone that's listening, I am not suicidal. The thoughts do come around, 
but I do not feel that way. I do not have the urge to do anything. I just feel very depressed, lonely, all this other whatever uh, stuff comes along with it. But wanting to do self-harm, I am not in the interest of doing that. So, just clear. Well, no worries. I understand because I've been there before. <laughs> well, I well I've been there before, you know. And of course, not to make this about me because it's not. Um, you know, I've been at that point in my life before. Well, suicidal thoughts did happen because of my depression, being bipolar, and everything of the sort. And no matter what you have, and of course, you can attest to this. No matter what you have, if you don't have that inner happiness, that inner peace, nothing in front of you is going to matter. You know, so you have to find that way. Um, to figure out why do you have a hole, you know, you know, like inside your heart, inside your soul, you really have to, to dig down deep and find out why. And it's easier said than done because once again, the path of happiness is never in a straight line and you're going to get lost along the way and how you deal with it makes all the sense in the world. So not to turn this into an interview or anything, but how, you know, do you feel that you know the proper steps to get to where you need to be internal to have that internal peace? Yes and no at the same time. Like, I know, like, a textbook, what you should do. I mean, I talked to a friend a few weeks ago, and she obviously laid out a path of what, you know, what could help me. And I'm aware of it, but, so it's like, I know, but yeah, I don't know at the same time. It's just, I'm just kind of stuck in place. So, and part of me is just like, I really just want to talk to somebody that I have a connection with, but not enough. You know, like... Like, for instance, like, think of it like a random stranger you meet on the internet, but you have some kind of connection to, whether it's friend-wise, romantic-wise, whatever, you just feel a little bit, but you actually, at the same time, you don't really know them. So, you know that they, or you can trust them to work, not trust them, but you just know that they couldn't go to your coworkers, they couldn't go to your friends or your family, or doing it, there's no way that this can come back to you. So, that's, like, kind of how I feel, it's like, yeah, I wish there was somebody I should just talk to you and I can just unload all this because that's like, oh, that's what therapy's for. That's what, it's like, mm, I don't want to do that. Um, for one, I started a new job. I don't get benefits for a couple months still. That's money and then having the time to go do that. And I just, I, I have no interest in therapy. I, I really don't. I tried therapy one time, actually twice in my life. And it just has never been okay for me. I know someone say, oh, you just have to find the right person. I just, it just doesn't vibe with me, so I'm aware of things I should do, but it's like my mind and my body's just like, no, that's not it, or do we really want to do that? Is that really going to work? Uh, easier said than done kind of thing, so it's, it's, it's kind of hard to really explain it. No, not necessarily, because I understand, and I know a whole lot of people will give you that lame line of, I understand you. No, 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 no. I understand because, you know, you want to have that right person to talk to. And it's really hard to get a hold of that right person, the person that you can literally empty yourself out to, and they will actually listen instead of try to pander to you and say, okay, I get it, I understand, when actually they really just don't. They're just, they're just, they're, they're hearing you, but they're not listening to you. And so I used this particular forum to put my soul out there. And in more ways than one. So this is my particular therapy. Not saying it'll work for you or anything of the sort, but talking to a complete stranger, my audience is my complete stranger. And that works for me, whether I do it once a week, twice a week, once a month. 
it's my therapy to get to my inner peace that I've been very fortunate enough to have these days. It took me a very, very long time to get there, you know, through plenty of heartache and suffering and misery. Um, I'm actually reached that nirvana peak that I've been wanting to for a very long time. Um, and so I think this, this will be a good forum for you, in my opinion. Again, I'm still stuck into it's where like you know I want to show it from the rooftops of what exactly is in my in my head and what's bothering me so much. But at the same time, it's just like nah. Like eventually, I tell myself, well, eventually I'll be able to walk it away and not feel anything. So, oh well. Again, we'll see. And I was gonna say something else, but honestly, my thought process just cut off because I saw a cat and. You know, distracting me like you know, squirrel. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, yeah. Just I love how this podcast went from uh, OnlyFans to other uh, what the fuck information to dark and gloomy and and yeah. Well, this is what the show is all about. We're not just one particular thing. We can go from happy to sad to depressing, back to happy to weird sex fetish thing, back to silliness, and back to where we are right now. So, oh, yeah, of course. But I just, if you just sit back and take a second to think about it, like, wow, this episode's been a, a roller coaster so far. And that's what the point of this of this podcast is, of course. But you just sit back and think, huh, that's funny. Well, I mean, hey, I mean, we are more than silly haha. We are definitely thought provoking. And just think of it this way. And, you know, I mean, not to you know, sound braggadocious or anything, $5 word, uh, but somebody can listen to the show and go, okay, you know, okay, I'm cherry picking this. Oh, this is pretty funny. Ooh, that's not really my cup of tea. But listening to Ashley speak about what she's going through, that kind of talks to me a little bit. And so that kind of gives me an outlet because, I, you know, I can actually feel what's going on. Or somebody can go, you know, I like balloon porn too. But it's just, you know, it, it just, just just hits on all facets, you know, of this particular show. So this is what we do. I mean, you're right. You're right. So, I mean, again, I just, so I know we briefly talked about this, but from the, from the 200 episodes I recorded from you, and I know it's been like at least a couple shows since then, what kind of feedback have you been hearing? Well, since we're putting this on air... Um, I received nothing but positive feedback. Um, the emails, the comments, stuff like that. Um, people who I've never thought that would respond to the show that they did years ago, actually were happy to hear from you again. Because like I mentioned off air, you know, when we first reconnected, that people always asked either, who's this Ashley Majestic person? Is she real? Um, where is she? How is she doing? You know, will we ever hear from her again? Is a slacking majestically show just like a one-hit wonder kind of thing? And I've always given the same answer. You know, when you least expect it, it'll come back. And and ever ever since it came back, we got nothing but positive response. And you have been such a you know such a tremendous part of the growth of this show. It's been amazing, very very serendipitous that you just joined on a whim, and this is where we are now. I just came back in like nothing, like nothing ever happened. And, um, yeah, so 
I think it's just coming with all this change, as I talked about, is that I have a lot of good things that are in my life, even though I just don't feel happy at the same time. I think it's at the same time I, I've broken out of the same routine I've had the last few years. At the same time, you know, I lost my dad, so I kind of stuck the same routine. So it's like, you know, a whole big change has been made for me this year uh, between almost dying from COVID and you know, I was in the hospital and that sucks. Uh, moving to a new area, being separate from my friends. And another big change, like I guess it's not really talking about my mental health, but I just was thinking about it. I I now work for a different financial institution, but the one I just left a month ago, I've been with that one for about four years. And that place was toxic. I mean, the how the company was and how the area management was, it's very, very toxic. But I worked with a group of people for so long, for the last so many years, that they were kind of like a family friends, there was no talk, There's nothing toxic between us, there, there wasn't high school drama, every day it was just fun, dark humor, just everything, like, I mean, we, if HR had ever listened to how we talked to each other throughout the day, we all would have been fired a long time ago, and there's also the fact that, that there's, like, clients that I left behind, there, I mean, so many of them were mentally exhausting, a lot of people were just awful, I mean, rude all the time and just flat out nasty, but there was like a good handful, a little more, of people that I thoroughly enjoyed seeing every day or every week and working with them that you can just talk to. I mean, obviously, you know, their clients is professional, but at the same time, they seem kind of like, like a friend that you can just talk to about anything and you can just say whatever as if you just saw them on the street and you're not in a work environment. You know, and then there's business clients that I worked with and I thoroughly enjoyed working with. I liked that I could help them out and that and it's not like a special treatment too. But and these are people that have reached out to me since I've left that, you know, wish I would come back. Uh, there's some that reached out to me through somebody that still works there to pass on the message, you know, they miss me. They want they would like to open accounts to where I work at now. I mean, in a lot that resonates with me that I'm glad I felt appreciative I are appreciated. And I'm glad I had these connections, but so it's all these connections I've made last four years, and now I'm starting over with that, and it's a brand new, different type of clientele I have. Over there, it's just the same people, it was a small little town, and just, again, it was like so many ups and downs of that place, and I was going to say another year, because I actually enjoyed it, despite the toxic parts, I was going to say like another year, but... My team, the people I worked with, they all left because how bad things had gotten, especially when we all had COVID and how the company treated us were something that was completely not our fault and how we got treated afterwards, we were all like, this is all straw we're not. And it's like, as soon as my manager left, I knew it was like, okay, I'm definitely leaving. And again, I wish I could have stayed. I, I hated saying bye to some of my favorite clients, some personal clients, some business clients, and it just sucks. It sucks with the minute that part of me just wishes when I'm at this job that I'll see them come through like nothing's changed. But of course, I'm in a completely different area, completely different job, and it just sucks. So I think it's like another thing that's kind of kicked me is just there's so much change going on from this year, and I can't mentally, you know, wrap my head around it. So it's between my own depression, uh, all these other things, and on top of that big, huge change where change is good. So again, there's a lot of good things that are happening for me right now, but I guess like I just can't grasp it, and it's like how do you explain it? So like maybe like a maelstrom kind of thing is you know you go to 
like a pond and it has the algae and all this other stuff on, on the surface layer. And it's been like that for a long time. Someone throws a rock in it and, or, you know, twirls a, a stick in it because they're playing with the water. Things start twisting up, things start changing. Sometimes it's for the better or sometimes it can be for the worse. So sometimes it can be damage, you know, part of an ecosystem, you know, like nests or anything. Sometimes it's going to help clear it up. So you don't know, but in the meantime, there's a big old mess happening in the moment. Yeah, and I understand that fully. Um, in my past shows, um, I did a almost an hour-long hour show about the change that's happened to my, in my life this year. And I was so used to one particular thing, and then this big wave of change happened, and it was terrifying. And I didn't know how to handle it. My mental health broken broken down, and I had to rebuild myself back up, and it wasn't easy. And this year has been just insane. But I survived, and I thrived, and, and I know that you will too. But you have to do it on your own time. You have to be ready for it. Your, your mind and your body has to be ready for it. My question to you is, Say, for example, you encounter someone with the similar issues that you have. Would you be more comfortable talking to them or would you kind of shut them out also? It's hard to say. I don't know until the moment. Um, because, you know, it's just that I don't even feel like, like it's like I want to talk to my husband about, but it's just I can't at the same time. And everyone think you know the, your your other half should be the most person the person that you can talk to the most about these things. But still, that's just how I am emotionally. Like there's a big huge wall there. So it's like, and the more I know somebody, I think it. I guess it all depends how the relationship is. So this is weird. I couldn't talk to my husband. I couldn't talk to my oldest brother who I'm close with. I couldn't talk to my best friends. Because you know, one of my best friends, she stayed the night with me over the weekend while my husband was out of town. And a part of me just sat there, and her and I were drinking, smoking a hookah, and just talking. And in my head, it's like, just talk about. It. She's your best friend. Just talk about. It. She'll listen to you. And just talk about. It. And I just, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. But meanwhile, you know, someone like I can have still friends in my Facebook or Instagram. Some that I was friends with, I could have just been friends with benefits with. I could have had like a, a simple encounter or two with when I was younger. So there's not a relationship there, but there's some kind of a connection there. It's like that type of person I could easily talk to because there's not that much of a connection. There's not much built between us. I can just kind of throw it out there. They can at least listen and that's it. Like I don't have to worry if they're ever going to bring it up. I don't have to go back and see them again and say, oh, they know. But at the same time, it, like I said, it's complicated that I feel like I can talk to somebody, but I don't. I mean, even right now, while we're on the podcast, part of me is just like, you know what, just say it. Just let it all out there and just talk about it. But there's a part of me that's holding back from it. It's like, do I really want to say it now? And that's why every time I come close to just talking about it, I just don't do it. So that Because I was raised in a house, you don't talk about those things. If something's bothering you, if you're crying about it, suck it up, worry about yourself, do it, you know, no one wants to hear it, no one wants to see it, no one cares, all that stuff. So that's how I was raised, that's how I am. So, whereas, if I talk about it, in my head, someone's like, oh gosh, she's talking about it again. Oh my god, why is she, she's just overreacting about this. Oh wow, it's something like that, and she's this, and she, 
is so twisted and messed up about it. That's what I think in my head that someone else is going to think when I tell them. Now, I know logically that's most likely not going to be the truth, but that's a part of my brain that says that to me. And I understand. As cliche as it sounds, I understand fully. You know, this is why I can listen to you and yeah, it's it's you know, it's extremely emotional. Because when you're ready, you're going to talk about it and there's nothing anybody can say to, to, to change your mind. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess you're right in a way in the podcast. Like, I can kind of just talk because all the listeners, I don't know who are the, all the listeners. I don't know them personally. Who knows? Maybe after COVID, you know, we could always do a live event and do a meet That'd be cool. Um, or do some of them. That'd be cool. I know some people do that, but not saying we should. But that's like an interesting thought for way in the future because I don't want someone to see me, see this, what this face looks like. It's just look. And people are going to look at me like, oh God, that's what she looks like? Unsubscribe. <laughs> Let's see, so I, thought, I, I thought I was hard on myself. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely harder on myself. Another thing that's plaguing me is that I hate how I look right now because my hair. I mean, you've seen it. Like, like we talked about this last time. Like we we hung out together. Is I've lost like so much of my hair because all the stress my body went through with COVID. I I mean I don't have that bald patches anything like that where it's super noticeable, but it was really noticeable come the end of October, like early November. I lost so much of my hair in seeing a doctor, it was from all the stress my body went through, because a lot of other people, specifically women, that had COVID, but they had COVID, like, in a very extreme way, they start losing their hair. Some women just had COVID, and it was just, it was bad, but it wasn't awful. They were losing hair, but not a lot. You know, a woman that I work with, it happened with her, but she hasn't lost that much hair, but she has lost a little bit more than she's used to. So for me, I lost, like, three quarters of my hair. So in my scalp, it's all coming back, so you're not really seeing how light my hair is unless I put my hair down. I had my head, like I had my hair cut short to where it's above my shoulders or uh, right there at my shoulders just to help with the growth. And I know I'm going to be doing this like every other month until my hair is back to where it should be, which would be like by next year or summer, I would say, hopefully, um, because the hair is coming back. And that's what's going to happen to anyone that's listening that this is happening to. It seems... Um, like a broken record if you heard this but yeah it does come back because I can already see it now my hair is coming back and there's things I'm doing to help it grow back but my hair is up all the time I love my hair my hair is always like really fluffy long it's kind of like a lion's mane but not in a chaotic way and I love my hair and it's all gone so when I put my hair down I hate how I look my hair up and I hate how I look my hair up because I'm a little I'm a, I'm a thicker girl so you know, I, I have a little bit of that chin, that, you know, all the extra chunkiness to me. So having my hair up, to me, it feels like I highlight that more. It makes me feel less about myself. So I broke down crying on my vacation in Belize the other month when that started happening because I was losing my hair and I didn't understand why at the moment. But now, I mean, I'm starting to feel better, but that was another thing that hit me. Uh, when from having COVID and that bad and then losing my hair, and all these changes, and the seasonal depression, all these other things. Because then, you know, of course, traumatic events that I always push down are now hitting me like, wham, 
So it's just, it's just a lot of stuff that's happening. And I like to say I'm handling pretty well. I mean, in a healthy way, no. I mean, of course, I'm drinking. I started realizing I'm drinking more than I'm used to drinking since my vacation. And the part of me is just like, I want to just keep drinking. Uh, it was, I, my thing was I never would drink on a work night unless I'm out to dinner with coworkers or my husband or friends, whatever. But if I'm at home and I work next to you, I'm not going to drink. So, but, you know, here I am. Every night I'm having, like, a couple drinks. I'm not getting drunk or anything like that. But I'm having, like, two to three drinks. And they're mixed drinks. But it's, to me, because in my family, my family, alcoholism is a big thing. So, I don't want to say I'm, I'm being alcoholic because, again, I go to work. I don't feel like, oh, I need to drink. I don't get the shakes. It's just when I get home, these thoughts kind of hit me. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have a drink and mellow myself out and go down the rabbit hole of TikTok or music or whatever. So, but besides that part, the fact that I'm not going on some toxic binge, uh, I'm not making extremely bad choices, all these things while this stuff's happening in my head because I know with people in my family when this stuff has happened to them they've gone far off the edge you know and I would like to talk about someone specific but I'm afraid the person might end up listening to this podcast because I do try to share and talk about this and I don't want to hear that repercussion so but I see that happen with a lot of people in my family I don't want to do it I have the traits I have the urges but I try to avoid them and so far, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, tomorrow is another day. But other than that, but as you pointed out earlier, is that I took a step by being part, by just popping out of nowhere and just saying, yeah, let's do the podcast again. Let's record again. And I feel like you're giving me my own space because I expected you to kind of ask me again, like after we shot the, shot the recorded the other podcast, you would probably be asking me like every so many days, hey, you want to record, you want to record, but, but you've given me my space to where I reached out to you and said, hey, you want to record? So it's like I feel the urge where this is helping me in a way that I can just kind of talk. And so I, I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to being part of the podcast. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Which is always a beautiful thing. 